Our scripture reading today is from Deuteronomy, the 26th chapter, verses 1 through 11. And in this passage, Moses is teaching the children of Israel. They're still in the desert, but they're getting ready to go to the promised land. He says, when you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you as a special possession, and you have conquered it and settled there, put some of the first produce from each crop you harvest into a basket and bring it to the designated place of worship, the place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored. Go to the priest in charge at that time and say to him, With this gift I acknowledge to the Lord your God that I have entered the land he swore to our ancestors he would give us. The priest will then take the basket from your hand and set it before the altar of the Lord your God. You must then say in the presence of the Lord your God, My ancestor Jacob was a wandering Aramean who went to live as a foreigner in Egypt. His family arrived few in number, but in Egypt they became a large and mighty nation. When the Egyptians oppressed and humiliated us by making us their slaves, we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. He heard our cries and saw our hardship, toil, and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand and a powerful arm with overwhelming terror and with miraculous signs and wonders. He brought us to the place and gave us this land flowing with milk and honey. And now, O Lord, I have brought you the first portion of the harvest you have given me from the the ground. Then place the produce before the Lord your God, And bow to the ground in worship before him. Afterward, you may go and celebrate because of all the good things the Lord your God has given to you and to your household. Remember to include the Levites and the foreigners living among you in the celebration. Our reading from the Gospels is one verse. It is from Luke 9. And it is verse 51, and it says this. As the time drew near for him to ascend to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Two journeys. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, fill us with your presence. Move among us, fill this place, give us wisdom, fill us with your love. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, how many of you are the same this January 3rd as you were last January 3rd? Anybody? You were? (laughs) We got one person. (laughs) Well, we have been waiting the birth of Jesus during this season, we have been to the manger 
<clears throat> and rejoiced that the Savior of the world has come to be among us. But that's not the end. We don't stand still. Mary and Joseph didn't stay in Bethlehem. They left. They went to Egypt to protect Jesus from Herod. And then when it was safe, they went back to Nazareth, their home. The truth is, we are a pilgrim people, always on a journey, always on a journey. We look to heaven as our home, to seeing Christ when he comes again. And that is our aim. That is our promised land. In our reading from Deuteronomy, Moses is helping the Israelites get a good, strong grip on the fundamentals of their faith. Moses is looking ahead with confidence. You see, they're still wandering. They are still wandering. They haven't gotten there yet. But Moses believes that God will surely lead his people into the promised land. He believes that because God gave his word that he would give them that land, the land of Canaan. And he was believing, he was speaking, he was walking in faith and not by sight. We have that assurance for heaven because Jesus said in John 14, 3, when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me wherever I am. That is our assurance. The words of Jesus. Last week I was listening on PBS to a program and Cicely Tyson was, was there. And she had deep roots in the church. And she said that she went and she put a plaque on the pew where her mother used to sit. The mother that taught her about Jesus. And she put a plaque there and it said, Blessed Assurance, my mother. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. So we have that assurance because Jesus has told us that he will come and get us. Well, now Moses asked the people to do several things that might be called marks or signs of the pilgrim. Let us hear them also for our journeys. One of these marks or signs is giving. He calls the Israelites to give thanks and to show their appreciation with the gift of first fruits. Now, First fruits means just that. It is not leftovers, understand. It is not table scraps, nor disposable income, not what remains in the checkbook after everything else is taken care of. First fruits, the good stuff, the cream of the crop, a gift of thanksgiving comes Right off of the top. The good stuff. The pilgrim is grateful for the blessings along the way. Thankful. Joyful. And we give gifts 
to express that gratitude. I want to tell you something that some of you may not believe and some of you already know. Earlier in December, I had my 79th birthday. I am the happiest person I know. I love, I'm so grateful. I am so grateful for everything in my life. And you know, it's been that way for the last 10 years. So don't worry about, you know, getting older. Don't worry about that. It's a time of great joy. And giving first fruits is easy because why wouldn't you, you know? And it's easier to write a check now. I don't know why that is. I guess maybe because we have more money. But anyway, you know, you get older and that happens. But it's easy now. So, so see, that's, that's our journey. That's our journey. That's our journey. We, we walk and we learn and we become. Well, so one of the signs is giving and the first fruits. Another sign of the pilgrim journey is the story itself. The story of our life travels. After presenting the first fruits, the pilgrim is to tell a story. In what Moses was saying, an old story. He tells the story of a wandering Aramean who was our ancestor. And by the way, it is our ancestor. You see, this is our book. This is our story. And we write our stories. Anyway, you remember Abraham and Sarah. And God said to go to a land I'll show you. And they did. Can you imagine Tomorrow, your nice house uh, coming to me, and they'd say, okay, the U-Haul's there, move. Go where I tell you. That'd be hard, wouldn't it? But Abraham and Sarah, when God said go, they went. They went. And then, as it goes on, Joseph was sold into slavery. And Jacob and the family come to Egypt because there's a terrible famine and they're starving to death. They were few in number then, but they became a mighty nation. Our story, our story. And so, in our families, we have stories of grandmothers and grandfathers coming from Europe or Mexico or Asia, wherever. They left the familiar, and they began the journey. This summer, we went from this church to the painted churches. They're Czechoslovakian, I believe. And these people came, said goodbye, kissed family and friends goodbye, knowing full well they would never see them again. It's too long a journey. And so they came, and they came down around Schulenburg, and they had no idea how to grow cotton. And they tried to grow the crops that they knew. They don't work here. Had a terrible first year. But the local people helped them. They said, here's how you do this. And so one of the first things they did was build those churches. And they painted them 
to look like the churches from where they came. And there they worship. Today, their grandchildren and great-grandchildren worship in those churches that their ancestors built for them. And so we tell our story and our children hear. And they know that because we are joyful that we know Jesus, that it's possible for them also. Our grandparents prayed for us. We pray for our grandchildren. And that is why we tell the story. And the story goes on of slavery and affliction in Egypt and how the Lord heard their voices when they cried out. God is perfectly tuned to our distress. Never doubt that. Never doubt that. It does not matter if we are crying over a crushing failure in a college course or a career-ending pink slip in a paycheck or a cancerous tumor that appears out of nowhere or a spouse that is drifting away. Whenever we cry in anguish, the Lord hears our voice. This is true. This is, don't ever doubt that. Ruth Graham Bell wrote this wonderful story. It's true. <clears throat> Billy Graham's wife wrote this. The cat had kittens on the trundle bed in the downstairs guest room. We didn't think that was such a good idea. So we collected them and placed them on rags in a cardboard box in front of the kitchen fireplace until we could come up with something more suitable. But the mother cat had a mind of her own. We watched with amusement as she entered the kitchen silently, stood on her back legs, front legs on the box, sniffing for her babies. Then leaping nimbly over the side, she checked them over, picked one up by the back of the neck, leaped out, and quietly returned it to the trundle bed. This was repeated until all that was left was the runt of the litter. She did not come back. She may have been exhausted from her efforts, or she may have been busy playing lunch counter to the others. We waited. Finally, this tiny scrap of a kitten in the bottom of the box lit out more of a squeak than a meow. It was almost a non-sound. Instantly, soundlessly, the mother cat appeared. She bounded in and out of the box, the littlest kitten in her mouth, and carried it back to the guest room. Three doors, two rooms, and two hallways away. Yet she heard. It wasn't even a full-fledged cry. Nor are our prayers necessarily full-fledged prayers or even articulated cries for help. According to the Bible, God responds to our sighs. Our tears, it says he collects our tears in a bottle. How precious we are to him. So he responds to our sighs and our tears, our murmurs. Even our longings can be interpreted as prayer. 
God sees our affliction for he saw the affliction of the Israelites in slavery and so he sees ours. Our Lord looks deeply into the affairs of human life and knows precisely where there is violence and anguish. I hope you feel his love in this place of worship in every place you go for you are truly his treasure. He loves you. He loves us. So what is your story? How do you see him? How do you see your faith as you look back over the years? Tell your children your story. The first time you knew that you knew that Jesus was Lord. Tell them about that. Tell them the first time you forgave because you realized you had been forgiven. Tell them of things repented of, of things grateful for, of things that fill your heart to tears. Your story, your journey. I wrote our son, he's 50-something. I wrote him the story of when I first believed. He loved that. Have you told your story? The last sign of the pilgrim is Moses' final instruction. Place the basket before the Lord your God and bow down before him. A pilgrim acknowledges the goodness of God and worships God. So signs of the pilgrim, gratitude, storytelling, or witnessing and worship and worship these principles were true then in the desert and around Sinai and they are true now they are truths right from the pages of scripture that we must help leap across the generations to our children and to our children's children do you see how it is the connection that we all have Let's look again at the words in that song we sang. Lead on, O cloud of presence, the exodus is come. In wilderness and desert, our tribe shall make its home. Our slavery left behind us, new hopes within us grow. We seek the land of promise where milk and honey grow. Lead on, O fiery pillar, we follow yet with fears, but we shall come rejoicing, though joy be born of tears. We are not lost, though wandering, for by your light we come, and we are still God's people, and the journey is our home. Lead on, O God of freedom, and guide us on our way, and help us trust the promise through struggle and delay. We pray our sons and daughters may journey to that land where justice dwells with mercy and love is law's demand. Thank you for being my companion on the journey. Oh, 
I have loved being with you this year. You have blessed me. Thank you for holding me when I stumbled, and I did, and for gently steering me around rocks. And my dear friends, let us always look ahead to where we're going, but to always remember from whence we came, a people loved by God, his treasures. That's what he calls us, his treasures, looking to see him again. In the name of Jesus, amen.